You're listening to Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed, the people's podcast. We are here to rock the podcast world. Good evening to all our listeners. Welcome to Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed. We're both, we're actually, both of us are here tonight. We've got it's me, great. Hugh Hattrick, and you. It's uh, Ronnie Barker. No, it's not. It's Fraser Ramsey. Hey. Ramsey actually know your name. Well, oh. we're on the on to a good thing tonight. Yes. But uh, yeah, so it's our weekly podcast that, uh, that uh, yeah, we're looking forward to being able to talk to you about a number of different subjects. And the first thing being, we have hit over 2,000 listeners at the, at the 2,000 players. It's a 2,000 plays it is, Please, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, at the time of recording this, which is absolutely fantastic. We thank you very much for listening. Um, and we hope that you'll continue to. Yeah, uh, we're, oh, now, by the way, people... We are on the iTunes. You can now find us on iTunes. It's brilliant. And we're still free. Yes, and we're still free. We're not charging yet. Uh-huh. Soon. But then again, <laughs> maybe not. But we can, if you want to, in fact, we, you can take out a loan with us. Nika Finance. <laughs> That's Fraser's side. I'm sure he's regulated by the yes. Paraguay regulations. Yes. If you take out a loan, we have uh, 2,000% interest. <laughs> Hench- That's less than and some. Then, and you can, uh, well, you can go for a thousand percent interest with henchman loans. So uh, if you choose to have NECAP finance or henchman loans. <laughs> I think you can see where that's going. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so then again, just don't borrow from us because you want to save your kneecaps. Um, anyway, so where were we? Yes, I'm going to drink a cup of tea. <laughs> Happy days. Cha-ching! Joe, all right, so what's on the show today? What are you, what are you planning on talking about, Mr. Hattrick? Well, on a slightly more serious note, <laughs> yes, oh, the sorry. subjects for all our listeners. Uh, we thought we'd talk about the, what we call the Grexit, which Grexit. is the, the Greece elections and the, 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 I think potentially the Greek exit of the Euro, because uh, they had their election last Sunday, uh-huh. and the left wing Syriza party uh, won. And they are. Well, it depends what your view of the Euro. Um, so, okay, compared to. Some in some countries with politics, right? This is a very completely after a, a random start. We're now going into serious mode in the in the politics. Mm-hmm. So, uh, is that uh, for these armed people out there listening, <laughs> the people around the world? And if you've got money, please send it in. And we'll, no, uh, anyway, uh, what I was going to say is, uh, is that good? Because some countries are left is better than left in our country, and right is. Better in one country than it's maybe bad in our country. So, uh, what's the difference? Well, if um, in saying in terms of left wing, uh, left wing um, kind of governments usually or parties usually believe in high taxes and lots of government regulation to run everything. They don't like the people really doing things themselves on the whole. Um, they like to kind of do things for you know public spending basis. Very few left wing governments ever balance the books. Um, so I would say in general they're all quite similar. Uh, anyone around the world, um, they, they, you know, there's a big difference between left wing and right wing. Right wing is more in terms of um, people believe that that really that the, the state should be much less interfering and people should have the freedom to do what they want to do. Obviously, you still have general rules and laws, um, but people should be free to use their own um, kind of you know to to innovate and and, uh, and and solve their own problems. And really, more you know things like charities and churches should take up the slack. 
um, for helping those uh, who find themselves in difficult situations. So yeah, but in Greece, it's a it's a very left wing country, well, very left wing uh, government that has just got into power, uh, basically because they're fed up with austerity, and although they want to keep the euro, they want to basically have fifty percent of their debt written off. But Germany has said, under no circumstances will they do this. So really, it's a matter of who is going to bluff who. Um, but there, the new prime minister is is pretty hard line and, and I think will will stand by his guns and actually say no we're not going to do this and they are prepared to basically renege on their debts they won't pay their debts they'll default and they need to get money by the end of February otherwise they will not be able to pay their public sector and they will go bust so there's, it's going to be very interesting and already we've seen the euro slip against the pound so um, it was up to 133 um, about two days ago so <clears throat> it's certainly having quite a quite an effect so if Greece go bust, what would happen? Um, it basically means they would get thrown out of the euro. They wouldn't be able to continue in the euro and they'd have to reintroduce the drachma. But it would be yeah. a, at a very big devaluation, which would mean if you wanted to go to Greece, um, you'd get an awful lot for your money in terms of say you went on holiday. But the problem is the Greek people would suffer quite a bit right. um, until they started kind of exporting their way back to prosperity. They'd, they'd have to really, they've got to, as a, at the moment they're, they're not paying their bills basically and they have to start working out how they're going to, how to get Greece back into profit basically. So Greece could potentially become a third world country maybe? Yes, well they're basically seeing that happen already. I mean, they've got 25% unemployment and uh, youth unemployment is up to 50%. Which is horrendous. It's, and the same with Spain and Italy. It's you know it's it's just destroying the countries. We're witnessing horrendous, uh, you know, just the destruction of of these countries because they were never fit to go into the euro in the first place. Um, but it's it's going to be very interesting because Iceland went bust, you know, a few years yeah. back, and now it's prospering, uh, prospering because it's it's you know it got rid of its debt. Basically, it was <clears throat> defaulted. Um, and it started to rebuild, and, and crucially, it's, it's stayed out of the EU. So it's been able to, to do that. So <clears throat> people were saying that they're more worried if Greece exits the euro and actually, in, say, two years' time, starts getting back into growth, uh, because then that's other countries like Spain and Italy might follow suit and say, look, we can get out of the euro and we'll do an awful lot better. But the thing is, the, the, the Spanish and the Italians and the Greeks, they all want at the moment to stay in the euro, but I think very quickly they'll find out that it's better to be out of it. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, do you think, I mean, do you think the euro, uh, if the, you think the euro will last much longer? I think it will be, I think eventually countries will drop out of it. Certain countries will, like Spain, Italy, Greece, I think they will probably eventually pull out because their debts are just too big and they can't manage and they're not making any real um, kind of way, you know, they're not really getting out of this mess. They're still in it. And until they go back to their own currencies, I don't see them being able to, to make any advances properly. Um, so I think Germany and some of the other bigger countries will keep it on. But potentially France could go because it's in a terrible state financially. Um, so it's, it could well eventually just, just uh, slip out of it. Um, in fact, uh, Marie Le Pen, who is the head of the kind of National Front, is, is soaring in popularity. Um, and, uh, and if they win, uh, and, and if she went and became president of France, then she's quite clear about leaving the euro. So it's, uh, it's going to be interesting, very so interesting. So basically the euro is maybe starting to run its course. Yeah, well a lot of people predicted that it was a bad idea because you, know, you don't have all the countries working in the same way, so you need, but they all use the same currency, and that, that just can't work overall. It might work for a wee while, but I mean, it's costing everybody a fortune, especially the Germans. Mm-hmm. They're basically bailing out everybody else, and eventually that, you know, people are going to say no more. 
So basically, the Germans are bailing everybody, and so basically they are hold, pretty much holding all the cards at the moment. Yeah. Because they've lent everybody so much money that they're basically yeah. almost if you don't pay us, well, let's they're say stuffed. You, you know, you're stuffed. Or you um, will see your own Nika finance. Well, they'll just throw it, they'll just throw them out <laughs> of the out of the euro. But the the big problem now, which has just happened, is that the ECB, which is the European Central Bank, has now decided to print money, just like what they were doing in Britain. Um, of course, that even devaluates the currency even further. Um, because you're printing trillions, something like a trillion euros is going to be printed um, to try and make the markets do a bit better and kind of help Europe, you know, get some growth. But it's, the Germans hate this because in the ni- 1930s, this is what was happening, they had all that they started printing money and they just saw the value of their currency disappear. Um, and, you know, this is where the old cartoons came out of the chap um, with his wheelbarrow full of, it would have been uh, German, what was the currency for German? The um, Deutschmark, yeah. So they were full of Deutschmarks in a, in, a, in, a, in a wheelbarrow, you know, to go and buy his loaf of bread. So they're very, they're really against this. Um, so it's I, similar to a lot of countries, uh, currencies at the moment in Africa. Yeah. You get for X amount of... For in money, you get a lot of millions, like you're a millionaire, yeah, almost it's only worth yeah. like 10 pence. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that's it because so many million, whatever it is. Yeah, Aye. but uh, I have to admit, because the euro was about 125 for quite a while, they were hovering thereabouts. And I thought that if Greek, if Greece exited the euro, it maybe would go up to maybe 135 to 140, but it's already up at 133, and that's with them still in it. So I'm thinking now, if it goes, if they do exit it, it will go potentially could be even 150. Yeah. So what I, just, I just want to say to the people who are listening to this, um, to the people recently, we want to say thank you for the, the three plays we've had from Spain. Um, if you're from Spain or you're from a country, Greece, or you're from a, a, a country that currently is using the euro at the moment, email us please and give us your thoughts at hattrickandramsey at gmail.com. What is your view on the current... Um, with you using the euro, do you like it or would you rather go back to the peseta? And if you went back to the peseta, how, what effect would that have in the country? Would it be a, a good effect or a bad effect? So all you, uh, so people in Greece, Spain at the moment, or uh, whatever country you're in in Europe are using the euro, what would, do you think France as well? Um, what do you think would happen? What's your thoughts on that? So please email us at Hattrick and Ramsey at gmail.com regarding that if you have any thoughts or you can talk to us on the Facebook page at Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed um, on the Facebook page you'll find us um, feel free and contact us through that and come and join us and join the world or the rest of our people who are from all over the world and the UK uh, so what's next on the agenda for yeah, tonight some new cars and just say thanks so, for all my listeners who, who listened to me blethering on about cars for about half an hour last week and, um, but yeah no I'd say there were some fantastic deals that we were um, promoting last week and now we've got news of three major new launches um, that are very exciting so what, especially for car enthusiasts so basically for the, for the car people who like to look at car magazines like to maybe find out all the general specs the bits and bobs that go with cars and basically or let's, let's, let's call you the car anoraks here is your new here is your updated from Cardinal Advisor the, the new new cars that are recently coming out in the next week or two or if not yeah already. yeah um, some of them are out in the next few months um, but have already been tested um, first of all it's a big big uh, day for Britain actually because we've got two uh, new cars that are British, British built uh, the first one being the Land Rover Discovery Sport 
And this replaces the Land Rover Freelander. The Freelander is no more. Okay. It's been a very popular car in Britain, sold on many, many thousand units, um, and has a loyal, um, a loyal customer base. Um, but now you have to buy a Discovery Sport. And I have to say, when I first saw the car, I wasn't quite convinced it looked that nice. But um, in more recent pictures and looking at some of the videos, uh, I hope to drive the car quite soon as well. It does look rather good, and I think the quality of it is going to be a big improvement. Um, price from 32995 uh, so just under £33,000. So it is quite a bit of a, a, a jump in price, but you're going to get an awful lot better car for your money, especially if you're, if you're driving a Freelander now and you have a look at a Discovery, it's, it's going to be a big leap forward. Plus it has the option of seven seats as well, oh. um, which is pretty good. It's going to drive very well. Um, so far, people who have taken it off-road um, have been pretty impressed with it as well. So it's, it's based on the Range Rover Revolt platform, um, and it should be an excellent car, and I think it will do very well, actually. Can't wait to have a shot oh, in so it. So what was the price again for that? You're looking it, at? Just under £33,000 mm. for the, for the entry-level car. Um, but, see, residuals are all quite good, and many people who buy these cars, they lease them. So they maybe so pay, say, £300 a month, thereabouts, um, you know, for a two-year deal. So they're, they'll, they'll, they'll be probably the best deals will be on a, a decent personal contract purchase where they put a small deposit down so and then pay probably about so between three and four hundred a month. What, what, what would be the type of people that would be the caliber of people who want to buy these kind of Yeah, cars? I think anyone who's got a, a Freelander 2 at the moment well, um, who's and, looking to change. People have got have a budget or they go earning a bit of money? Or well, I mean, it could be company cars. People buy them for company cars, you know, if they're doing a lot of mileage because they're very, very comfortable. So they're good on a long journey. I mean, obviously, you're going to have to be on a reasonable income, but then that's kind of anyone who so, leases uh, the car so usually maybe, is. Maybe your average. Uh, well, it could be, you know, it could be so contractors, maybe, teachers, yeah. you know, a varied range of, of uh, business well, owners, about, you know. Benefits, politicians. People who are raking in the cash and benefits. Well, they get they get mobility. Uh, that's a whole uh, different thing, anyway. So they get that, they'll get that from their disability allowance and things like that. But um, I can see you trying to stir. Sorry. <laughs> So, um, <coughs> so the benefits people could probably afford, they can afford uh, for five. Well, they'll get. Well, they probably could afford a Discovery Sport if need be. Uh, yes. I reckon there might be a bit of a deposit that might be required. <laughs> so, you build your five bedroom house with your 20 kids. <laughs> we'll get to that bit a bit later on. Okay, sorry, I, just, I was just starting. Anyway, so, what's next? What's the next, next, the on, next car. On the, on the car, cars, the next uh, car that's due uh, to launch yes. is the Jaguar XE, which Jag. is the first Jaguar saloon in quite a while. There was um, a car called the Jaguar X Type that went out of production a few years ago. Um, and it, was not, it wasn't a bad car. It was based on a Ford Mondeo, and a lot of people thought, mm, that's really what it was, just with a bit more kind of oh, nice yeah. Jaguar bodywork. But it was still a, a, a nice car. There were some cracking deals on them, um, and hey, hey, still, well, they were quite think, popular. Do you think Jaguars are kind of maybe a bit more old-fashioned now? Are they still kind oh, of modern? No, no. They, have, they have turned the page. So Both Jaguar and Land Rover are now so maybe in slick, a very slick, strong position. Slick businessman. Yeah, they're owned by Tata Industries. They were, Ford sold them to Tata Industries, and since then, basically, the Tata have invested billions They've taken on many new jobs. You know, they were created new jobs down south. Um, really, it's been a, a British success story. Um, so and the, the Tata have allowed the Jaguar engineers and Land Rover engineers to really say, right, you do what you like, and we'll back it. Um, and as a result, Land Rover and they were always good before at, at building new cars and, and putting together great ideas. 
but now they've had the money to make the quality much better. Right. Um, so Jaguar now are, are, have some of the strongest ranges. I mean, they've got the new F-Type, okay. uh, which was launched uh, a year and a half ago, and that's a brilliant car. But I mean, they're running out of letters for their jets. Well, well, well it's a great car. The, the XF has been quite popular. The, this is the new XE, which is to take on the BMW 3 Series and the Mercedes C-Class. Um, and I have to say, it looks like it's going to be a very worthy rival. Okay. And it's nice to get a British alternative as well. Um, but so far, it's done very well. I believe, um, I think it was it Motors Magazine has given it already, have awarded it a very high rating. Um, and uh, so it's getting, it's getting uh, very well received. So again, can't wait to see if we can get a drive in that car to get a better idea of what it's okay. like. Um, starting off from about £27,000. But again, those cars will be leased. They'll be contract higher rates. It'll be pretty good. It's supposed to have the best residuals in its class, so it should hold its value quite well. Um, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a very, very good car. Okay, Nick, what's your next one? Uh, the final car um, for this segment is the new Mazda MX-5. Okay, Mazda. This is a little sports car. Uh, very successful. Sold millions across the globe for years. Uh, but this is the Mark, is it the Mark 3 I think now that's come out? Um, and this is, it's just like the Mark 1. It's, it's back to a very, very light car. They've shaved an awful lot of weight off it. Um, new engines, uh, obviously new safety features and so on, and new technology. Um, but so far the write-ups again are very, very good. Um, and they were quite cheap. You could get a brand new Mazda MX-5 for about £15,000, which is for a new car, for what it gave you for in terms of the, the, the fun at the wheel, because mm. uh, it was rear-wheel drive. And it, also it was open top as well. Um, so, you know, in the sunny days, you could have the roof down, and, and it, it was fantastic fun. I remember once getting a test drive in one, uh, and I took it on the North Berwick Road. It was the, the road to Gulland from the, the main A1. Yeah. And it was, it was quite a, fo- uh, it was a very, very cold day, and it was quite a lot of frost. And oh, the, I mean, the slides you could have were fantastic. But uh, it was it was great fun. It was a really good driver's car actually. Um, but so that was on a test track, of course, where I was had a few slides here and there um, in the old the old airfield. But um, but yeah, no, it was a great great car, and the new one looks amazing. What are they going for? They're going to come off. They'll be about eighteen to nineteen thousand pounds. So they have gone up a little bit, but there are always discounts. Um, a lot of there'll be deals to um, to come on that, and as soon as we get more information, we will let you know to make sure that you're getting the best deal on those cars as as much as possible. So that's your. Uh, so is there any any other cars off the hands you can think of? You want to talk about briefly? Um, well, oh yes, this is my, my quite funny experience I had because I went last week um, to have a look at a new MG, and I won't mention the dealer's name, but all I'll say is that the dealership was in Scotland. And when I went in, MG or something, uh, MG, they went bust a number of years ago, and then they were taken over by the Chinese, and then they were reintroduced about four, three, four years ago. Almost Rover, then Rover. Yes, MG. it was MG Rover, um, and now they're most of them are built in in China. What's a kit that's built in China? But they still do the the design right. and all the kind of they they rebuild them in 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 uh, Longbridge. They're a little factory. Uh, okay. they, it comes as a kit, and they they do about the last thirty percent of it and get it all completed. Now the cars are actually quite good. The the, the, the MG Six is a kind of family size car the size of a Ford Mondeo um, but very very cheap they did bring out a sort of new rover style MG didn't they recently about a few years ago but they never sort of disappeared never heard much yeah well there was, a, there was a TF but these, yeah. these ones are actually not, they're not doing yeah. that badly actually mm-hmm. um, and I went into this, this, let's just say this garage and although the chap was friendly enough as soon as I mentioned the word test drive um, they basically said can I, you know, I asked him can you give me a test drive and he just went no 
<laughs> not at all. And from that point on, they just didn't want to know me. And I've never been in a dealership before where I felt like a time waster, where I felt they've actually treated me like I was a time waster. And at the end of the day, that they know I do, you know, I've been to a number of different manufacturers who will bend over backwards to um, give you a car, you know, whether you're buying one there and then or not. And obviously over the years, I've, I've bought, you know, how many, 20 or 30 vehicles at least for my own use and family's use, and then how many others that I've helped customers buy when I've gone in to give them advice and so on. And so I was so surprised when the, when the chap said, you know, can I, when I said to him, can you help me? And he just said, no. <laughs> and then I found out, and I said, well, why not? And, uh, and he basically were, were watching the football because one of their managers had won some ticket to wherever it was um, to watch some football match down south, and they were all watching him on the TV. So, yeah, I almost felt like putting a complaint into MG and saying, look, if that's the quality of your of your um, you know franchises, that is really poor. And I, I do think it's probably a one-off, yeah. because a lot of people who used to buy MG, and I know there's other MG dealers that used to be MG dealers, and I've, I've got the franchise back again, um, that are really good family-owned businesses, you know, and I'm afraid this is this was not, this was a major franchise, um, and a major group that, that runs this dealership, and I was really disappointed with the service. So I, I really kind of felt they were doing MG a disservice, uh, because you can't you can't refuse people a test drive in this day and age. That's just awful. Um, and not not to say that oh, I've only got one of these cars, which was the MG3, and somebody else had it. it. Doesn't stack up in my book. They should have. They had a whole bunch of them sitting outside. They just couldn't be bothered to to go and give me a drive. Um, and I thought, and I even said, look, I'm going to promote it on the radio on our podcast, and they and they were, didn't even make them budge. So you know, I'm afraid it doesn't doesn't say very much but, about them. You're happily happily naming and shaming if you really want to, because it's always good to maybe distract people actually saying if that's the service you're going to give your customers well yeah. uh, why should we buy a car from you so well I'd say it was on the west coast I'd say it was on the west side of, yeah, of so. Glasgow uh, okay. in, that, in that area um, and there are not many MG dealers in that area okay. but yeah so that was the thing so hopefully the service is going to be better for other people other customers that turn up um, because it deserves it the car looked really good and I was really looking forward to getting a drive especially if I'd travelled 100 miles to get there I was hoping that they would at least be able to, yeah. to help me on that on that occasion but yeah, let us know of any other horrendous horror stories you've had from uh, from manufacturers, dealers, and that. Um, I know there's quite a few out there. So basically, you want to be, if it, our listeners, if you want, if you have you had any problems with car dealers out there, feel free to name and shame. Yeah, if you have we can to, read out some of the worst we can, ones. Yeah, we can read them out. Uh, Hatrickandramsey at gmail dot com. Uh, please uh, do that. It'd be great to sort of hear your views on your experience with buying a car, because we'd love to be able to help you as well and advise you correctly and save you some money, basically. So um, that's the good plan. So why else have we got under the, the program the, the production? Uh, Hugh did the production tonight. I just basically had I'd already talked myself stupider from caffeine-induced uh, podcast my last one. Yes, I'm going to say to our listeners out there, uh, does caffeine make you speak with an American accent? Because uh, I listened to Fraser's last one and he seemed to sound like an American and I uh, thought, um, he's Scottish. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, Let us know, any scientists out uh, there, if the, does caffeine yeah, make was, you speak uh, with an American accent? I could accent? say I was a little wired, um, to say the least. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and I thought it'd be just my wrestling interest. I was going to say, I thought Fraser's turned into a wrestler. It's two <laughs> Armenians out there. How you doing? No, anyway, yeah. So uh, what's next on the agenda? <laughs> school memories. School, school memories. Oh man, wow! Recently, people we had. Um, I was listening. When you listen to radio shows. You're listening to the car. Blah blah blah. You hear things that they talk about. And talk, school memories is one of them. 
what do you remember about your school days? Things that happened, things that you hate, things that you find funny, or things that you well, did you did you take the school down in one easy step? <laughs> well, I think I could have been might have been part of one of that, and um, but yeah. So school memories. What what do you remember about your school days? Um, I remember eating the worst chicken burgers I've ever tasted. It was those Findus chicken burgers or chicken type things. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I think it was, I don't know if it was chicken in it, but that's what they used to call it. I remember they wrote it. It said like every week that's what you had on the menu. And in the school I went to the last few years, it was a small private school. Poor things, they only had they could only afford I think about two things on the menu. It was either a meat a meat product or something that they said wasn't meat, but probably was. Um, but uh, and I just remember eating that and waiting in a queue, which seemed to go forever. And so by the time you got to the the front, and you you, did, you would just eat whatever they had because <laughs> you were that hungry. Um, but yeah, our school. I think it's a kind of either a love hate thing, isn't it? Some people had a really good experience. I have to say, my experience wasn't brilliant. Um, there's some things I did kind of better than others in, but I have to say I just wanted to get out of school when I when I when I was there, um, and probably could have done a lot better, um, but uh, but you know needed to do probably needed to do an awful lot more work, but learned the hard way and here we are. How about you, Fraser? Um, school, well, um, yes, I well, okay. Not everyone who goes to a private school comes out uh, with education and qualification. Well, a good education qualifications as long as your arm. Um, not everyone is academic. I'm going to be honest with you. There's a lot of people who are very practical skills and maybe hated school, weren't very good at studying. I always learned the practical way. The practical way, and I've actually gone very, really quite far in life by learning about practical, simple, practical skills. Now, for me. I I think boarding school, I think if the private school, boarding school, whatever you want to call it, it can be, you can be, some people go, it can be good for teaching people manners, a bit of discipline, that kind of thing, which can be, for me personally, I'd say yes, I went to two boarding schools, one in uh, near, near Edinburgh, um, and did teach, because I had a bit of a temper, and I was a little kids, we have a little tempers, you a bit of control, i say it helped, it did help me, it taught me a lot of manners anyway. You weren't at military school, were you? Uh, no, thank, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> Taking a, to the prisoner's gun. <laughs> no, um, um, I went, when I had to went down to one, this, the one I went to is down near the borders in Scotland, just over the border in Coldstream, um, and it was, it was... Near Berwick, was it not? Was it Berwick, Berwick in Coldstream? Berwick's a wee bit away. Coldstream is in Scotland, Berwick's in England. Uh, where am I getting the mix well, you can go to Coldstream from Berwick, so about 15 minutes away. Oh, maybe I got my, mix, my bearings mixed up. <laughs> I was thinking that. We probably shouldn't mention any names anyway. Yeah, anyway, the school went, I met Hugh through that school. Uh, I was only there for a short time because I let, uh, for me personally, so I kind of went, hmm, done with this. You'd had so, enough. Had enough. So I, let, I actually left school at 15 and a half. And a lot of people have left school early. Okay, I admit I didn't get many qualifications. I had for nothing. I did a general college stuff. Uh, but I've always had my gains of experience but my time at school has always been interesting yeah, I would say I would say my first one in school I was actually quite, good, quite interested in certain things like French and all that but my second one I basically was sitting in the back of the school with my our previous partner who obviously is busy due to work, work commitments John Sutherland he uh, we like, used to sit in the back of the French class and chuck his homework out the window on the back <laughs> of the school which is certainly interesting one thing one thing one thing one thing I didn't look certain foods at school there's certain things I used to like and certain I did one thing I've to this day 
um, which I don't really eat. I don't. Uh, I just. I can't, well, cheesecake. I can't stand cheesecake because all you do is you're sitting because you're a full boarder or a weekly boarder, and you come to go to your food. It's just a so plain boring cheesecake, and it's just oh, jinx. It was like it was just like Hurl City. So basically, <laughs> you want to uh, chunder all over the shop. But uh, to this day, I do not touch cheesecake because I can't stand it. And one thing I, I can't stand is cho- chocolate. I mean, I can eat sort of chocolate cake, but not chocolate cake. If somebody comes with a blinking chocolate cake, I just can't stand it because every time it was somebody's blinking birthday, they'd have this big slab of cake and everyone would get a bit and I thought, oh, blooming heck, this is not again. And you know, you're just sick of, it, sick, sick of the sight of it. So just, to this day, I just... Yeah, chocolate cake can be very dry. It's I just don't, it's not I know, I just don't eat chocolate cake. So, uh, that's so chocolate cake, cheesecake. Oh, and for me, it's Finder's crispy pancake. Yeah, so it's <laughs> doing well. So, so what other... <laughs> what other, <laughs> what other they must have had a budget of about... 30p a person in those days when we 30p, were there 10, that was in the 90s 10 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what, so what did you I mean what things happened in school that you remember <laughs> that I um, <laughs> well I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't remember doing an awful lot of work I have to say <laughs> I mean it was mind in both schools well, I mean I went to a, a state school and a private school um, private school kind of finished my last few years of GCSEs and hires and um, at the time, in all fairness, the school was much, much better now, and it's been quite a good school, quite a well-performing school for quite a long time now. But uh, when I went to it, it didn't really have um, that many subjects to choose from, and I was kind of quite musical, and I also liked the idea of doing business studies and things like that, but they, they unfortunately didn't have business studies. So I was, without, with all, in all fairness to the school, um, they, they just weren't able to put those kind of things on at the time. Um, but they did actually have quite a good academic record. I mean, a lot of people did come out of there with... Um, a lot of A's and so on in, in hires and, and A-levels um, but uh, I just remember being it was really quite undisciplined I used to joke it was almost called Trinians for Boys it was that kind of it was completely mad yeah, it was a big school in, pla- in places but um, I, remember, um, I remember the first day I arrived as soon as I got dropped off everyone went I started walking I almost <laughs> tried to run run away I started walking down the driveway and uh, got so far along the road until some some parent stopped me and brought me back, he went, oh, crap, <laughs> <laughs> oh, bugger. So you must have recognised the, the badge on your on your lapel, was it? No, the... no, I was just I was still in my normal clothes. I just I'd been dropped off, and so I want to get out of here. So <laughs> I was sick, so I didn't want to be there. Uh, uh, I so... think going to a boarding school as well is hard because if you're not used to it and you miss your family, it's it's going to be. And it was was it wasn't. I can imagine not being in the most welcoming of places. Uh, that, but, uh, I got my it was a friend that didn't stop me I could be the of the, the, the train station on the train back to Edinburgh <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that, was, that was my plan well, well, of course so, I do remember in fact what I actually remember was Fraser was supposed to be in the rugby team oh no it wasn't there, it was supposed to be what was it, it was, the, it was the rugby, rugby team yeah. Why? and it was yeah, my it's birthday it's or something and I, was, we had a, I had the party so Fraser was invited and our friend Jonathan was invited and we went up to Edinburgh and I remember being we went to the Commonwealth pool and so there we were swimming away and, and going down the flumes and so on. And then my father appeared and he was not looking very happy. And I thought, why on earth has my father appeared? <laughs> so he came over yes. and he said, Fraser is supposed to be in a rugby match. <laughs> and it was like, yes. and the teachers are all looking for him. So I, 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 I kind of, what I did is I escaped. I, in the last few weeks of school, I subtly packed as much stuff as I could, brought it home as so I had minimal, minimal mothers down there. Uh, and what I did is I... He's got the bus to. Um, got, I jumped on the bus. I escaped. I subtly just my plan contingency plan worked. I managed to get everything up. Um, got um, up up to Edinburgh. The Commonwealth pool, as you as you know, was the Commonwealth using the Commonwealth Games uh, from the Glasgow one. 
but also uh, it's also used as recently in, uh, as well. Ah, it's been done up. It's been done up, yeah, it's been some money. <laughs> Council doesn't have any money. Um, but anyway, anyway going to another, another story. So anyway, we, I was happily swimming in the pool and uh, enjoying my sh- shooting in a rugby oh, match. Man, and I forget to look at my father's face. Can be, because I hate it. I'm not a rugby fan. Fraser's supposed to be at the rugby match. Basically, I'm not a rugby fan, personally. I prefer football. I was like football. I'm not a rugby fan. Some people like rugby. Doesn't I'm not a major rugby fan because I didn't quite enjoy it. I was because the the size I am. I'm stocky, but I was either the hooker or the prop. And when you're the prop, I don't I'm not too keen in the second row, shoving your hand between your legs, grabbing your shirt, and almost making you sing as high as Michael Jackson. <laughs> so I wasn't too keen on that personally. So um, that was why. So I kind of preferred to be football. So hence the reason. But anyway, that is my day. So that is my, my my. I can't remember what happened on that day. If they had to send you home, I had to go back. To I had to, to, I had to go house, back. Do your house, I, I think. For, wasn't I had it? to go back for a couple of days, and that was it. And that was uh, that was me away. I went hi, but uh, but anyway, that was then. But that was my that was my day. So two exemplary examples of, of yes. private school life. <laughs> yes, and I to uh, yes, and we turned out. And, it's a lot better now than it used to be. Yeah. But isn't it funny though? Because when you ask people, and you know, they say, or you know, if you're, if and people will say this to you if you get into conversation with them about life and so on, and they'll say, you know, if I had the money, I would send my kids to private school. Um, I mean, and it's true because if you think most of all, you, you know, if you think you had decent money, I mean, when, I, I certainly I mean some schools charge from between six grand a term, you know, to six grand a year, and some so there's a Westminster private school down in, in London, uh, which is similarly about thirty thousand pounds a term or something. I mean, it's a fair, you know, it can vary wildly, but I've you worked. know, if you want your son or daughter to be the next prime minister, then you're prepared to pay the money um, because they have an incredible success rate. Um, but uh, but it, isn't it funny that you know people say well actually I would like my kids to go to private school if I could afford it then why don't we just do more to simply privatise the school the schooling system and then would that not satisfy people more because I mean I, I certainly think in fact that brings us what a good way to bring into our next subject is in fact the um, the 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 education uh, minister Nicky Morgan. Okay, um, Nicky Morgan. Nicky Morgan. So she replaced uh, Michael Gove, who was actually, in terms of from somebody who was a real conservative, you know, he was radically shaking up the education system, wanting to make sure that actually the the grades and the the, the tests that people are given in terms of like GCSEs and hires and A levels are actually worth their metal, and you know they're not getting dumbed down because we've you know many people believe that the exams have gotten easier, you know, or certainly to some degree, and they're maybe not worth as much as what they used to be. Um, so he was turning that all around and doing really quite a good job, and I actually quite quite liked the job he was doing. Um, but he got thrown out because he was he wasn't PC, and the PC police were saying, "Oh no, he's doing things that they didn't like," and he was he was really upsetting the civil service. And of course, they run all the kind of admin side and all these kind of things. Okay. Um, so they got rid of him in the in the reshuffle, and Nicky Morgan came in, um, and she was one of these ones who, especially as it was really kind of flip flopped. On a number of ideas. First, she was, um, you know, against gay marriage, and then she decided that she would be for it in order to get this job. Um, and now she has come uh, to basically to have a personal pledge to close down a number of Christian schools, and not because of the lack of results. In fact, uh, I think it was a Grindon school, was it in Sunderland or Durham, one of the two. Uh, these are the two kind of Christian-run free schools. Um, that are facing closure because now the Ofsted, which is the educational department that comes and checks schools, have said that they are homophobic, um, have made allegations that they're not teaching people what they should be and and so on. And yet, 
The parents are extremely happy. Um, they're producing some of the top results. In fact, one of the schools um, produced results that were something like 15% higher than all the other schools in the area. Um, and people are getting a, more than five good GCSEs. You know, they're getting a lot more than that, and they're getting good A-levels. And they're obviously, if, you know, if you're doing well, people are, their kids are being able to come out of school and be ready for the next part of their life, you know, whether it be university or going into work and so on. So they've not had any issues with that. They, basically, they interviewed children as young as 10, um, asking them, um, did they know what lesbians were? Did they know what they did? Did they feel that they were in the right body? And things like that. So that's what they were saying to their 10-year-old children. And of course, a lot of the parents were horrified when the kids came back and said, we were taken aside and in a very stern way asked these kind of questions, which I think are completely inappropriate for, you know, I don't, you don't send your children to be interrogated like that. Um, you know, it's absolutely crazy. Um, but because, similarly, one of the boys had also, um, uh, they asked him about what did they think of Islamic groups or people who followed Islam, and one of the boys similarly said, oh, they, they may have been involved in, in terrorist um, attacks. And because of that, the, the Ofsted, who are incredibly anti-Christian and a very kind of hardline secular group, has basically said that they were Islamophobic. Now, you know, when you're 10 years old and, and you're asked about different religions, I mean, for goodness sake, I didn't know anything about the different religions at that age. You're more likely to say something because, well, if you see it, something on television, um, you know, a terrorist attack, and then you hear the word Islam, and, you, you know, you're going to put two and two together at that age and say, well, that's probably what was linked. So, you know, they've, they've just jumped on anything they could. And now these two very good schools are going to be, you know, shut down potentially um, simply because Nikki Morgan has made it her personal agenda to do this. And they're refusing to listen to any evidence, you know. And the, 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 there's actually a parent there um, who's, who's a, a lesbian and she sent her daughter there. And she said that in all the other schools that her daughter has been to, she was victimised because of, because of her parents' sexuality. But in this Christian school, uh-huh. this is the first school that she has not been bullied in and is actually enjoying. Now, surely that should say something. And when someone who is a member of the public, who's you know a parent who's also gay, is actually defending that school, you uh-huh. know. Um, but it does. It's, it's really frightening to think that this is a lot. I was, I was very surprised that a conservative government or coalition with the Lib Dems would actually come out with something like that. I think it's absolutely shocking because, you know, this is a good school and, you know, if they do, if they manage to close this down, how many other schools could face the same thing, you know? So, uh, wow, so the uh, what people out there are listening to this, I mean, what is your view on these type of things that are happening in the UK yeah. education system? Uh, uh, I mean, I, for example, I find, okay, your local government, your council, uh, some of the decisions they make uh, in your area regarding your schools and nurseries, what is your thoughts on them? Now, personally, I would say to come to education, I would say I'm going to defend. I okay, I'm, I have a client. I'm going to defend them because I find what the council are doing um, is a bit absolutely outrageous. Now, for example, there's a, we have a nursery. I'm not going to put it where it is in Edinburgh. It's been around for 28 years. 20 years of service to kids in the within the area. Now, Edinburgh Council are building, are earmarked in certain areas of Edinburgh across, uh, within a, a small area for nurseries. It will cost about a million quid to build. Now, a million pounds. Now, now, think about it. You're, but to build this nursery, they're having to take away part of the playing area for the kids. Now, the whole point of these days is to try and get kids playing more 
because obviously the, a lot of the computer generation of kids these days is taking over and it's to encourage them to get a bit more exercise and to get out more because there's, not, there's talk about uh, child obesity and things and the rate of it so it's the way of doing uh, to stop that but why should be taking away playing field uh, space they've also <clears throat> instead of giving the money and rebuilding the current nursery is there it would be so much better to uh, invest in that one uh, rebuild it or something or and let them because the staff have to actually basically the staff have to apply for their own job because if not that's it it's over because they didn't used to have a lease, it's been there for 20 years, and the council says you have to start leasing it, have a lease, of, uh, and then, so the lease runs out in August this year, um, but it's all down to the planning permission, because the way they're building it, the residents, etc., have said no, and it's all about down to that, but knowing the council of Edinburgh these days, they seem to push through anything these days, whether we like it or not, so it's all, it's technically going down, a lot of these places, are, are we, it's almost, we can't free speech is almost gone out the window you can't say this you can't say that and are we basically is are becoming a corrupt state in a sense are we becoming addicted it's almost like we're 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 uh, democratic yeah but it's limited it's we're we're democratic but it's a a limited democratic a limited free speech but it's almost like well if you don't like like it tough we're doing it anyway. Uh, yeah. Hang on a minute. What about our rights? What, uh, why are you doing something you're destroying? Well, as something? long as people keep voting for Labour and Green in Edinburgh, that's what they're going to get. Exactly. And it's, it's it's terrifying. That's why I'm so glad I moved out. Yeah. Because I mean, in the twenty years near enough that I was there, they just destroyed every bit of it. Whether it be with their you know their trams or their bus lanes, their traffic lights. They, 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 the Edinburgh Council has become a play, a group that thinks it's so powerful. It can, as you say, it can pretty much do whatever it likes. It doesn't really care about what the people want. It doesn't really bother about its manifestos and anything else. And it will not see sense in anything it does. Um, and it is, but unfortunately, we have allowed and people have voted for parties that are wanting to do these things that are you know determined to destroy, determined to say we we know best and and let the you know the people will not have a decision in it. Um, let alone the corruption that's been known there. I mean, look, the, the whole building services department was just about suspended when they had all the, the, the controversy when they were saying, right, people's roofs all needed to be replaced at massive cost because they were getting backhanders from the building companies. Now, of course, this is all alleged um, to have happened, but, you know, we know, we, you know, they were all suspended and so on. We never found out as to whether they're all going to go to court or not. I think one or two possibly have been. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but, you know, these are things that were fairly... That it's, it's not good. It, it is... But unfortunately, you know, well... I'm glad we live in a democracy, but at the same time, I think, you know, we keep voting for parties that are just not running things in the interests of the, of the people. They just have their own agendas, and they'll just continue to, um, you know, to have a, a carte blanche on what they want until we vote them out. So, yeah, it's, it, the thing is, I mean, there they are thinking they have to build four new nurseries. Why can't they probably just give planning to new private ones? I think part, the partly of this yeah, exactly partly this school grounds they want to yeah. if they do, do get planning permission to go ahead then yeah. the school is bursting technically what happened is the, the, the school's bursting at the seams because they, they closed yeah. down a perfect just literally down the road uh, of like te- five, ten minute walk if that five minutes they um, closed down a primary school and it's now I think it's a modern day care home or something yeah, but, uh, yeah. but they, they, so obviously the, the kids that used to go to that are now going to this school where they're bursting at the seams so they obviously yeah. want to build another building 
that type of thing to it's going to to create room. So it's all it's all a complete yeah. farce. They're basically well, who cares what the parents think? Yeah. Uh, who cares? But it's this idea as well that government thinks, or especially councils think, that they have the right just to do whatever they want, and that yeah. you know they think they're the only people that can come up with answers. And because they get big budgets, you know, and yes, they've cut certain things, but when it's political like this, they get the money, and they think that they well, they have to spend it, otherwise they'll lose yeah, they, the, money. They get all the money. So yeah. if they don't spend it on these kind of projects, then they won't have any of that money to, to work with. The question is, when they come, it comes here to sort of February, March, for time when they, when they usually start sending all, yeah. send all their boat, the people. There's, they can't afford to fill in the potholes. The roads are getting worse. Yeah. I'm sure they're getting worse yeah. in other parts of the UK and maybe your own country. Um, and uh, if you've got problems with the roads and potholes, but they tend to seem to always go out and force at a certain time of the month just to spend the money so they get the same budget. Yeah. Um, that's what they do. And uh, it's, all, um, it's all a bit crazy. So... Um, it's yeah, it's uh, it, they just seem to uh, suit themselves really. So that's what they do. Yeah, but, but it just shows you when the government come to your door and say, "Hello, we're from the government and we're here to help." What do you say? Bye bye and don't come back. You yeah, know? you simply say, "Yeah." In fact, you're about as welcome as a Jehovah's Witness. Bye. <laughs> anyway, no, uh, because a lot of people are okay. I'm just saying that because people they turn up at people's doors. And, and say thank you, I'm not interested. Thank you, goodbye. So this is very well. It just shows you that government does not help in these big projects. You just say no, and that it's better for the private sector to get on with these things. And really, to I mean, they get in the way so much. I mean, I've got personal experience of the care commission, and the length of time it takes them to do anything. And the amount of bureaucracy, and if you want to reactivate things, and the amount of electronic forms you have to do, and they just ask you to repeat everything you've just said a hundred times over in a slightly different way, and eventually you get some result about six months down the line. I'd like to. Let's. uh, It's crazy. It's totally. Let's. I was going to say. I'd like to mention it just to go off, change it, uh, go back to a different topic. Actually, just. Um, I'd like to mention, bring to attention. Just we we got our show here. I think it's also good to support other podcast shows as well. I uh, the shows that we listen to, things that we find interesting, and things and why we listen to them. Uh, I think um, and help by listening to them. It also helps you develop your own show as well. Uh, I want to give. A, I do want to give a thanks to because they are very nice. They're good to listen to. Very funny. And Hugh's got his own podcast shows that he listened to. Apart from listening to our own one and me fall asleep because it cures our insomnia uh, in fact uh, what are the ones mention the ones oh, you'd like to do yeah, you'd like sorry. to support I'm just broken up there <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway no, um, I'd like to mention James Whale and Rob Oldfield uh, trusty duo James Whale Radio Show is very very good very funny um, and I highly recommend it if you like a good laugh I recommend um, Talk is Jericho Chris Jericho he is a lead singer Fozzy he is a part-time wrestler at the moment for WWE, and he's also uh, written three books. But he is also been up. He's built for one of the podcast. He's up for a nominee for a podcast award, so that's good. So it's also good to make we could be Monday and nominee for the podcast world. Is that for the Golden Turkey Awards? Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, it's fine to well, we have an online partition for people to say, please just go off the air. Uh, okay. Can I mention the one I like? I like, you like, yeah. I like um, Ricochet, uh, which is uh, in, in effect uh, it's the James Dellingpole. It's called Radio Free Dellingpole, okay. uh, with James Dellingpole who writes for Breitbart. Um, and uh, as a broadcast, a journalist and broadcaster, um, and it's very, very funny. I mean, it's a very interesting guest as well, um, and that's really what helped me inspire me to do podcasting. Actually, because it was always I thought when I listened to that, 
Um, I really liked uh, the way they did it. So yeah, so and uh, and uh, he's he's on TV a bit here and there, um, but he's very funny and he's he's very accurate and a real a real right winger which I quite like. So what, speaks uh, sense. What uh, what was going to say? I can't remember what I was going to say there. I, I just, uh, we could go into Benefits Britain. Oh, yeah, so we're going, we're going to our next we Car Crash TV. Yeah, Car Crash, yes. And Channel 5 is a very good very good source of Car Crash television. Every time I look on there, it seems like what? another Monday night, there's another show about mm-hmm. some form of poor folk who are on benefits, and they're taking them to pieces. Now, I know there are obviously examples of ones that you think, my goodness, how do they get away with that? Uh, but I was watching one, and it was called 19 Children and Counting. So this um, woman had 19 kids. Well, that was the headline, but actually it was about three or four different families. So, okay. And, and I think adding up between them, they all had about 19 children. I see. Um, but there was one that I thought was quite oh, interesting, yeah. just for the fact that one she... Had, one had 19 kids, wow, she's... No, between all three mothers, there were about three... There were about quite a few. The TV must be broke. 19 kids, yeah. Oh, it's quite quite something. But anyway, there was one one lady there. Now, as far as I can see, if I if I watched it and took data incorrectly, she said that she had all her rent paid and her council tax paid, and she had five hundred pounds a week from the government. And and she basically then said that she couldn't afford to pay her way um, with that money. Now, the equivalent of that kind of money, you know, for a taxpayer, because you to get two thousand pounds after tax. You've got to be earning at least 30 grand, basically, the time yeah. the national insurance and taxes come off it. And as well, um, you know, if your rent is, is already taken into account. So in effect, they've got two grand cash every month. Um, and all, all I could see, well, what are they spending the money on? It could really just be utility bills and food, because everything else is basically paid for. Um, so and yet the house was in a mess. You know the, the kids are writing on the walls and then the doors were off the hinges. And I mean they hadn't been painted for ages. And you just think at two grand a month. The, the, to me, my problem is we're not really getting people down to the basics of how to balance their books because they're getting quite a bit of money now. I think this girl had at least three or four kids, but it shouldn't cost two grand a month to feed them and pay an electricity bill. I mean, you know, if they shop around, they'll get a, they'll maybe pay 150 quid a month for utilities. You know, it's not that. It shouldn't be that expensive. And the rest of it is food. I mean, what are they feeding them on? You know, oh, it just well, made well, you wonder. Well, that well, really, well, what's the parent? Is she smoking? Is she drinking? Well, I didn't see it long enough to actually yeah. see if she smoked or drank on the programme but um, or at home. But you just have to think, you know, that yeah. that's crazy. Because if you're on £2,000 a month, even with three or four kids, I mean, I've, you know, okay, I'm married with two children. But, you know, we're, we don't spend anywhere near the kind of figure. We don't get anywhere near the money that they, this person gets. But, I mean, you know, we, it's about getting your costs down. And then, you know, making sure that the money goes far enough. But, I mean, it just seems to me that they need a bit of a wake-up call. And in those, expe- in those circumstances, it's a bit crazy. I think there needs to be, I mean, the way things are going in the benefit system, there is people who are taking advantage of it deliberately, I think. I think there needs to be some, I think they're too soft on the people who benefits these days. When they say job seekers allowance, there needs to be something in place yeah. that they can either say, you're going to get a job, you're going to do this. Or I strongly, I said it before in many podcasts, I think if you're not going to get a job, you're going to do some, some top type of community service out there. Yeah. Because yeah. you're putting, at least you're putting something back to the community. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you don't like it, you, you, know, you do the community service and you'll we'll give you some benefit, you'll give you your benefits or whatever. Yeah. Or if you don't do the community service, you get hee-haw, you get nothing. You don't get anything, it's a certain, yeah. you know, it serves you right. I think if you're not willing to get off their back, if you're not willing to get off your backside, go and get a job or go and do something just to get some money in, um, you don't deserve benefits. And tell you that's the bottom line. You don't like if you want to, this may sound controversial, you may be sitting there going, what's he got to say? Like, oh, well, why is he telling me? Well, basically because 
I mean, I'm self-employed. I'm busting my backside to get to where I am as a business, and I'm develop and also to develop new ideas as well. So it does. It's hard. A bit of hard work. Simple fact, guys. People, guys and girls out there, whoever's listening, if you're not willing to get your hands dirty, you you'll never climb that ladder. So uh, if you're not willing to do the the, the bad job as well, you will struggle in life. If you're not willing to do it, you can't always get a spoon, a job with a silver spoon to put in your mouth. Anyway, that's my rant over for I was that one. Say, it's turning into quite a good rant. <laughs> yes, that is my. Uh, that's yes. So that is. I don't. If you want to have a, if you think you can just get a spoon fed with a silver spoon and think it's all there, happy days. Great, on you go. But you're you're living in a different planet. I say so. Anyway, that's my. I that. What was next in it? I was going to talk about something else. Else? Well, it's over to you. Oh, I was that's to... all my subjects covered. Yeah, I actually was looking at. Um, it's a bit of a tech technology, really. Oh yes, about the robots and the yeah. AI, wasn't it? The artificial intelligence. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. Because Bill Gates has said that he reckons in how many years' time, it, artificial intelligence could just like the Terminator films yeah, take it's... over and could be quite dangerous. I want two things just before we come to that actually I want to so in, no, in how many years just, time when your Sony phone tries to eat you exactly <laughs> just before exactly just before I come to that actually I want to actually mention it's a bit of a some sad, some sad news but I think people will be thinking about her is Whitney Houston the late Whitney Houston's daughter Bobby Christina was sadly found uh, well she's obviously she's not dead which is good she is uh, <laughs> It's not funny. Uh, <laughs> no, that's the way you said it. <laughs> okay, thank you. No, on a serious note, that she, um, Bobby Christina, she, she discovered her by her husband in the bathtub, unresponsive. She got revived after CPR medics. Obviously, we're going to find the news on that, but um, it's it's a shame that I mean you don't want to. Hopefully, there's nothing serious yeah. or there's drug, nothing, no drugs involved. But you just hope that she's not going to be doing that road. She's still young. She's talented. And you don't want anybody to. It's it'd be such a shame because it was, it's such a shame about her mother how she got yeah, into. Yeah, it's been it's a, a disaster. It's just a, it's a, it's a, I mean, uh, what? Even with I mean, you just don't if it's drugs. You hope it's she's not involved in drugs. Hope it's nothing uh, serious and it's maybe it can be resolved. And because you don't want to waste a life at twenty one. Because uh, Whitney Houston died at forty eight, and that was a wasted, wasted life. Yeah. She got involved in the wrong people. Um, and I, I say that I go out to any people who are in the music business if you're just starting out if you're listening to this and you'll know yourself whether oh, you see people you see other stars who might have taken drugs and they're, they're, okay they're, they're, fortunately they've maybe they've uh, dodged a bullet and they're actually they've, they're, they're still living at a ripe old age um, and the, but you do get the ones who are like uh, who most go on them a, don't. don't mind most of them don't they just they go on in their sixties that's them they yeah. die of different things isn't yeah, it yeah also it means you, you're lucky if you you're still kicking kicking around but to be honest with you you want to live long enough to at least enjoy your money exactly exactly you know? so if you if you are a, uh, if you are if you starting as a musician be careful who you're mixing with because tell you something you can you can have a a long music career. And uh, and be renowned for your music and talents, or you could be renowned renowned for your, for your rehab rehab talents. Let's say because you be your your rehab membership form uh, <laughs> billing that you pay every month. So uh, you got your monthly instalments in your rehab clinic. So if you want to go down that road, please do. Uh, but I, rec- I highly recommend, for to say the least, that I, re- I would uh, think about who you're doing if you want to get famous. You want to be uh, if you're a talented singer songwriter. If you are an ex- been do- done the X Factor. Recent uh, and you're starting to develop. You've been I mean recently, Floris Ben Hay, recent winners of X Factor, going back. 
it seems long uh, a long time ago now, but uh, they've now been both been signed to Cycle with uh, Simon Cowell's music label. So if you, big big industry and it's uh, it could swallow you up to say the least. So this, if you are going to go down, be careful who you're mingling with because you could have a flourishing flourishing career or you could end up dead at a young age and you, people might say, "Wow, okay." And technically, I'm going to be blunt. I don't have any sympathy with people. The warnings that are out there with drugs these days, and you take them, and you end up dead. It's a sad for the think of your family that you're letting down. Think of the people that you're leaving behind before you take an ecstasy pill or whatever's going to get a club if you're Especially young. Especially now, because so, so many of them have been tampered with. And, exactly. And they don't know where the supply if, is coming from. If, it could be really yeah, ropey. If you're out there and you're at a club and you get offered a tablet and you're taking a drug, think about it. You, you could, that could be your next you could be dead as soon as you take it that's it think of the family you're leaving behind think of the people that you're uh, your loved ones and so have a think so that was Fraser's thought of the way yeah, that was, I was going to go back to my technology just to uh, <laughs> as, sorry I just happened to go for a little bit of a tangent but anyway I'm going to go back to what I was going to talk about uh, which is a bit of a bonker, bonkers news but we're going to talk about it anyway um it's called Beware the Rise of the Machines, warns Bill Gates. Yeah, I'm quite amazed he said this, actually. Yes, let's, let's, let's read out what he said. On Sky, I'm just reading on the SkyNews.com website. On my phone. SkyNews app, people. Anyway, we'll soon have the Hatrick and Ramsey. Let's get on with it. Uh, OK, Hatrick and Ramsey unleashed now. You never know. Um, artificial intelligence, AI, could pose a serious threat to humanity. If it is not kept under control, according to Microsoft founder Bill Gates, um, he joined Elon Musk, the man behind Tesla Motors, the sci- uh, physicist Stephen Hawking, in expressing concern that taken too too far, all could lead to Terminator-like science fiction s- scenarios. Now, let's say people like who are quite famous smoking something. I've got a funny feeling they have been smoking something. Uh, been I just have visions though of a futuristic, you know, thirty years time, artificial intelligence robot sitting in a Glasgow flat, <laughs> claiming the benefits because it's an AI disability. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I'm entitled to my money. You know? Exactly. exactly. I'm not working anymore. I'm just wondering. You know? Exactly. What has what has Stephen Hawking's and Bill Gates been smoking? <laughs> Um, so, in a question, you're gonna have a bunch of robots with a dodgy limb, you know. Exactly. Yes. Then, you know, uh, go into the uh, job centre to claim their money. Yes, I want to claim my benefits. <laughs> yes, please, or I kill you. <laughs> if you do. anyway, in a question and answer session, Reddit, Mr. Gates said, "I am in the camp that is concerned about super intelligence first." The machines will do a lot of jobs for us and not be super intelligent. Okay, uh, that should be positive if we manage it well. A few decades after that, though, the intelligence is strong enough to be uh, a concern. Professor Hawkins has also impre- expressed a similar view in the past, warning that machines could eventually outsmart financial markets and outinvent humans. Okay. I'd be interested in this episode of Star Trek or Star Wars here. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think Bonkers, Britain has the Bonkers Microsoft. Um, I think the guy's getting a screw loose, to be honest with uh, Well, you can remember that's where all these stories, the old science fiction stories came from, wasn't yeah. it? So they had wondered about that. I wonder, if I do wonder how they, I bet these guys are sitting. Well, there was a thing recently now, I think it was either Sweden, mm. um, where this whole office was done up and they had to put a chip in your finger 
and for all the staff so it meant either you could you could get into the building without having any security cards or anything like that or photographs uh-huh. uh, because it recognised you and you could buy your food at the restaurant um, and buy just buy again this chip that was in, in planted in your finger and some people like it some people think it's a bit ropey I have to say I don't I like I don't mind the idea of cards and fingerprints and and, and pictures you know yeah. so they know even taking your, an idea of your retina whatever it is that they do um, I don't really mind that so much but when they start implanting chips yeah. in your finger because I just see mm, that sounds to me like the mark of the beast you know exactly. you're just one way a bit of saying that you're only going to be able to have this to be able to trade eventually uh, you know so basically you kind of sorry basically saying Microsoft had already committed more than a quarter of its research to resources of development in artificial uh, intelligence Mr Gates said when I started Microsoft I was worried I would miss the miss the chance to do basic work in the field Microsoft recently launched the uh, HoloLens a headset that lets viewers interact with holograms so there we go people you could be in the next 10 20 years we could be sitting next to it was sitting next to a robot that's going to say get off your arse and do it yourself exactly <laughs> you know <laughs> Exactly. You want a cup so, of tea? Get it yourself. You yeah. know. Exactly. So it's all regulations like, say I need a break. You know. Exactly. Well, but it's, it's like that new film is it? The Ex Machina. It's, 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 oh yes, that's supposed to be very good actually. Yeah. Similar to something in a sense, but uh, it's yeah. that. So there's a few certainly a lot of stuff happening to be going to be happening. Uh, so you could be saying, yeah, just go. You could be standing in the queue with a, a lot of robots behind you or in front of you, and you're going to get your benefits. Getting. <laughs> Got a job? No, sorry. Uh, the guy, in the, the guy with the tin can just in front of you, and they got the job. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to say. So. Uh, and there'll be tin can of tin canophobic exactly. allegations coming out now. I I'm saying, yep. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, Ben. Robots for rights. You know, that will be campaigning on the streets. Exactly. So bonkers. I believe that campaign. It's all gone nuts. We're all going to. <laughs> saying robots have rights too exactly so um, so if you uh, I think they really need to guys to stop smoking something <laughs> or whatever they're doing is just a bit bonkers um, but um, yeah it's all, it's all, yeah, it's all going to happen so yeah, I was going to say on, on, a, on, a, on a moment then have you seen any good films this week uh, I saw one very good film this week uh, I, I, chance to, I tend to at the moment I haven't really seen many good films but I am enjoying because it's been recently sort of kicked off after the, the Christmas break. I like my TV series. Uh, I am a bit of a Law and Order Special Victims Unit fan. I like Chicago Fire and Chicago PD. At the moment they're doing a lot of crossovers because they're made by the same network. They do a lot of, oh, yeah. a lot of yeah. crossover shows which are very good. So that's mm. coming up on this week. Uh, I do like Criminal Minds. Uh, I do like the one called Forever, which is good. Uh, like your some New York crime dramas. I do enjoy them. I think they're exciting and uh, yeah, better than the usual guff you get on British television these days. Anything better than Coronation uh, Street? Exactly, and EastEnders and it's getting so dull. Yeah, and oh uh, goodness, I, my wife watches it and I just yeah, can't. River stand City, it. which is big. So oh, that's the just that's just uh, depressing. I'm not surprised. You know, when they put at the end of these shows, if you've been affected by something you've seen. Call the Samaritans, you know, or call them. I mean, it is as bad as that. I mean, it is awful. And they say it's real life. I've never, I mean, it was so depressing. Life is better than any of it. Oh, it's boring. It's totally, it is just like, yeah, it's crazy, man. Mm. So, um, 
Yeah, so as I say, I want to thank everyone. Someone was going to recommend is, oh, the, e- is the Equalizer. Yeah, it's fantastic. I Absolutely need to brilliant. Denzel Washington at his best. But a really nice build up, the relationship between him and the main character is really, really good actually. Um, don't and it was, it don't was fantastic. Don't, don't tell me too much because I, I want to be able to watch it. <laughs> uh, I have to say, I liked, was it, I saw Edge of Tomorrow, and that's been out a wee while. Mm. Uh, that was the Tom Cruise scientific, okay. again, science fiction film, but it's very, very good. Mm. Well recommend it. So, well, we've been actually, we've actually, surprisingly, talked for just over an hour. My goodness. We have done, it's certainly been a nice wee podcast. Um, it's, um, just to give you guys a wee update on the, um, yeah. we have. On how many listens that we've had. We are just going to, just to. Or how many plays that we've had. We have had, in a second, hang on a second, I'm just refreshing something. Should have a drum roll. A drum roll, which we have, Okay. Since we have got two thousand one hundred and six plays of our podcast around the world, had, so far. yeah, over a thousand since Tuesday. So from Monday, Monday on Monday morning, we were at one that we'd just gone over the thousand mark, one thousand and four plays. Um, we have now gone over that within the space of a week. Um, thank so, you. Yeah, thank you very much. To thank all you our... for listening to our jargon ramble. Um, and we'll have much more of that coming. I'm the, going to do the, a show on cars later on in the week. Yes, well, if and we'll you want have to find out a bit more about cars again, you'll get it in For general. the best deals on sale in Britain. Yes. Some of the cheapest you, cars we've got in the best deals. If you we will get... <coughs> sorry, again, what was I going to say? Yeah. You're going to have the SNPs at Colin VT. Uh, in a week's coming, time. Yeah. We con- yeah, a week on Tuesday, a, yeah. the 10th of February, we have should be around about then. Colin VT, yeah, SNP, MSP, Member of Scottish Parliament. Uh, being interviewed, so um, that will be good fun. Uh, looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, yeah we'll line up and a few many extra, more. and many, many more. So thank you very much for listening tonight. You have a great weekend. Yes, enjoy. And uh, it's bye uh, from me. Is that it? Oh, go and do favour before we go. Yes. Um, go and give the chauffeur a call because I need to lift him. I think. Uh, yeah, chauffeur's is a bike for some pedals. Uh, what? <laughs> what tandem? I'm going to pedal myself on. <laughs> Cheap. I told you to book a nice flashy car. Come on. You know, the, the budget go. Did you forget the budget the... stretched to thirty pounds. Uh, seriously. We couldn't even get a bike for that. Did you go to? It may even have a puncture. Did Wonga refuse you? <laughs> <laughs> On that note, it's thanks to everyone for listening, yeah. and we'll speak to you later. Right. Bye bye. Bye bye now. And oh, I have to press stop. This isn't even the it is recording. Talk about AI. Yes, talk about artificial uh, intelligence. Yes, we, we have could to press, do with Log back into the iPad to press stop on what we're doing. <laughs> anyway, bye bye, people, and thanks again for all the listeners all over Europe, all over the world, and uh, goodbye. Take care. Stay hungry, stay hard, and be blessed. <laughs>